0: Jayashree Venkatraman is the founder CEO of Appraise. Appraise is an employee engagement platform that connects social recognition and performance management. Jayashree has worked in leadership roles in large companies like GE and Microsoft as well. So we spoke about what are the components of a healthy and happy workforce and workplace and how to identify one. We also spoke about how founders should think about the well-being of not just their teams but themselves. What should managers do when they get indications of anxiety or stress in their teams? If you are a founder or a people leader who cares about building a happy workforce or are just curious about the role of recognition in building a happy workforce, you must listen to this episode. This is the CTQ Smartcast, where we have conversations about up-leveling, deliberate practice and getting future relevant. Welcome, Jashri. Welcome to the CDK Smartcast.
1: Hi. Good morning. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah. So, um, then I'm going to start with a slightly tricky one, but I guess write down your uh, Ali Jashri. So, what are really the components of a healthy and happy workplace and workforce and what are the signs that we should look for to sort of identify a happy workforce and workplace?
1: Right. See, when you talk about a work, Place which is healthy and happy workplace, right? First of all, you will see the workforce, which is very, very committed to what they are doing, right? And they are, in terms of, you will see them, workforce is really taking ownership. They all know what the shared purpose is for what they are working on. And when they interact with each other, you see that they are actually forming good relationships at the workplace. It's not like we are trying to pull down each other or not, right? They are really happy. Everybody knows that they are working towards a common shared purpose. And they like to maintain that work relationship with each other. And they're really genuinely happy to be there and do that positive work which they're trying to do. So that is what you will see as the... Workforce is really very important. When we talk about the workplace, workplace becomes healthy and happy. the workforce is really happy and and how will the workforce will be happy then it has to come from the top right the leaders will have to create that culture culture is very very important when you look at it right the leaders will have to create that culture where people are genuinely open and transparent and they know what everyone is working for and they are really engaged in what they are doing And the culture sets the really, it's the basic, right? Culture and the leaders walking the talk and being there and genuinely being part of what they are doing and make the workforce follow in what their shared purpose is. So that's what makes the workplace very healthy and happy.
0: Right. Yeah. I think this is great, you know, very concise way of actually defining uh, these. Uh, I'm going to put a slightly different uh, question here, Jaisree. Uh, So, what happens in a company when the workforce is not happy and not engaged? What are the signs that people can see? um, And what should people, you know, I'm I'm just trying to figure these things out so that people know that, yeah, this is a good, happy workplace and this is not a good, happy workplace. This is the place that I want to avoid and this is the place I want to be in. For both founders as well as for, say, somebody who's joining uh, the company, not at a founder level, but as, as a Member of the workforce.
1: Workforce, right. So what you need to work look for is, right, when people are not engaged and people are not happy, for one, they are also causing distractions in the workplace, right? So they are not working, first of all. Then they are also disturbing the others who work. And and then statistics shows that, you know, when they are not engaged, like, you know, at the job, of their time is spent on thinking about the next job they are going to do. So your productivity is automatically gone, right? When the employees are not. So what are the signs you need to look for is when they are not happy, they are not coming to the workplace at proper time. They are not taking ownership. They are not committed to what they are. You can give them deadlines, whatever you want to, but still, At the end of the day they may finish it but is there a quality in it there is no quality when somebody does their best when they are happy then you really see that showing up in their work right so if it is not there then you know there is something going on and actually managers in my opinion should also be trained to be like uh, coaches right Mm -hmm. we always promote the managers based on their technical skills But we don't really look at, uh, train them on some of these soft skills where they can be coaches and they should be able to identify if the employees are unhappy. Say if somebody doesn't show up on time for a period of time, he was really good employee till for the last month or so and suddenly you see them not engaging so much. And there is a reason why that person is unhappy. It could be due to different reasons. It could be personal or it could be the workplace conflicts the team dynamic something is causing the person to behave that way and that is where i think the managers will have to look out for these signs not say okay this person is not performing at the end of the year you give them a, a c or a d and let them go but that is not what it is you have to watch out for the signs, and that is why nowadays you talk about the pulse surveys and all that where you really know whether the employees are working towards what they want. And so you need to watch out for these signs. Managers will have to be trained to watch out for these signs to see if the employees are really unhappy. Other things is attrition. Attrition is a very good sign if your employees are unhappy, right? So that is the number one thing which you see. Immediately employees are going outside the door. Even with the great resignation, right? They found two reasons why employees are leaving. One is burnout. The second is lack of recognition. And if there is no recognition in the workplace, then employees are automatically going to go look for another place. So when they're not recognized, automatically everybody needs that little motivation to keep going. And if you don't provide that, they become unhappy. They see what's the point in me doing this, right? So then they will walk out of the workplace. For the founders itself, right? You need to Create that workplace where you find people coming in and working. And there are a lot of startups, even I've been part of those startups where you have these different perks being available, right? Perks is one thing. You cannot hold a person in the company for a long time with just the perks. Perks could be like right from organic fruits to uh, pool tables to anything. You may have all that. But how is the work culture? How is the environment? Is it really making me feel that I am part of it? Am I being part of it? Is it making me happy? I should be at the end morning, I should be able to get up and come to the workplace, right? So that should be the thing. That is when you will see I am happy at the workplace. I did the work. So that's when when do you see that? For the managers when you see that the employees are showing some signs of disengagement then you know for sure that they are unhappy and you need to figure out why instead of saying okay give the work to somebody else and let the person go that doesn't work that way it could be something where a small correction within the organization also will make the employee work very hard committed for you right so that is what you need to watch out for these signs where employees are showing some signs of disengagement or like an unhappiness and they will start being alone right that is also another thing you would see when employees are not unha- when they are not happy at the workplace they are not talking to people they are just trying to be silos or there's only very few people they interact with so those are all some of the signs you need to look out for that is whether sometimes you call as organizational networks those help to figure out where if there's somebody siloed then you know that is a sure case of attrition going to happen right so those things help
0: right yeah, yeah. so a you know, lot of things to unpack there you know other thing that that struck me and something that we've been talking a lot about these days is culture debt right uh, so basically you know founders or companies taking some uh, you know decisions with a very short and immediate term focus knowing fully well that this is not the right thing to do in the long run, right. Uh, But they are being driven by business reasons or you know some deliverables or or some you know external uh, you know deadline because of which they end up doing something and then at that moment it is a very small deviation from the culture. But over a period of time it festers, right, it keeps growing, it amplifies, the the problem also scales as you are you know scaling uh, the company so how do founders sort of watch out for you know this kind of a culture rate, that yes this is the point of no return i should you know try to correct this before things go out of hand uh, you know how, how what would your advice the
1: founders, be? i think it's all it's on your value system i think it fundamentally comes to the values which the founder believes in if you are very strong on the values then you will not deviate what irrespective of whether there is a pressure from the whoever has funded or the environment or whatever if you believe in the value and they are if you're strong in your principles and the values then you will not deviate if you deviate then as you said it will you can never come back right, right? so it keeps on going and at like one time then the next time it goes on and then there is no comeback and i think that is where if the founders are really fundamentally believe in what their values are and they have the values correctly i think uh, that is what will be the right thing
0: right yeah 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 and uh, you know when you talk about uh, employee experience right mm. uh, how should founders be thinking about uh, you know, things like employee experience and employee well-being as well right uh, mental health has become uh, you know a, a big uh, buzzword i would say in the last two years when, when i say buzzword uh, i'm very deliberately calling it a buzzword because everyone talks about uh, you know very big what you are doing is what you know should really matter right uh, so how should founders be thinking about employee experience and employee well-being and in some cases their own well-being as well right because they are also oh. undergoing so much of stress and uh, tension.
1: correct correct that's a good point actually you know about their own well-being and uh, today morning i was reading an article which said about hr right hr is been in the they have been helping people transition through this pandemic and then they have doing implementing all these well-being programs but then their health is really suffering right so as you said founders so founders which will have to because many times with the startups what happens is we get so engrossed in delivery of the product the customer experience becomes the number one right first product has to be ready that the customer experience we focus on that so much that we tend to forget the employees, right, only when the employees experience is good, it is going to translate in the customer experience. Recently, I don't know, I read in uh, LinkedIn, I think somebody had posted where, again, an employee being part of a startup and did everything well, but forgot his health, take care of the health, and then that kind of led to later on after a few years it is started realizing that okay the startup no longer exists and the designs or whatever he did the code he did doesn't exist anymore but his health has gone for a toss right so that is where i think founders will have to be especially if the last two years has uh, changed our lives in many ways and the health as you said mental health has become the buzzword But it's not just about the mental wealth, because um, I've been talking to uh, CHROs and talking about what the well-being means. And the well-being itself is not just the mental well-being. It is also the complete well-being, holistic well-being. When I say holistic well-being, it's about the financial well-being. Because the financials also causes a lot of stress and anxiety to the employees in the workplace. So that again translates into productivity. So how to manage the finances? That is also a big part of a well-being, financial well-being, physical well-being, mental well-being. How do you take care of it, right? So well-being, when you talk about companies, how we create awareness programs, and you just bring in one or two experts and then they talk about how you need to take care of yourself and all that. But self-care alone is not enough. There are studies which shows that self-care alone is not enough. The companies need to create the culture where that well-being is important. And that is what they say is as the founders or the leaders themselves, now especially because the things have changed so much, is to have conversations with employees, not just always about the work, but also just check in, right? How are you doing and what's like you know just have a casual conversation about their well-being so that needs to come between the founders as well as the employees to have that conversation and so that they can identify if there are any because many times when people are suffering they don't really talk about it also so that you need to find out again this goes to where you see when somebody's productivity is going down or you see some signs of them, disengaging. It could be due to either their well-being also. Many times you don't know. All physical ailments are not physically visible also, right? So when they are suffering, there could be some suffering which you don't know. So how do you have that conversation? So the leaders will also need to know to have those conversations with the employees. So in talk about how founders can create that culture, right from the beginning, have a culture where employee experience is important, right from onboarding them. How do you make sure you have touch points, the frequent touch points with the employees and how do you keep them engaged? You can have different activities or those are extra things, but fundamentally it's a culture and the leadership is the should be Believe in saying, hey, I need to have my employees experience should be good so that our customer experience, employee experience translates into customer experience. And when they are dealing with the customer, they are actually representing them and the company together well to the customer. So you have to take care of your employees. Employees are your people, right? I won't know what you want to call word asset, but it is like employees are your fundamental... Backbone of the company, right? So you need to take care of them well, and well being is very important. And people do realize it after this two years, right? Because of the pandemic, it has become very important. And you see that people, because I was talking to some HR person, and one of the things which came up was earlier when employees were going through a divorce, it would be they would tell HR and HR say, Okay, you take care of it. And you can come to the workplace right so they just give them leave extra leave or whatever is required but now because the work and the life has integrated so much between work from home and everything when an employee is going through that kind of a personal turmoil the company has to hold him also company has to give him the support so that is how the things have changed in the last two years so it is no longer a personal issue it is also it is responsible for the company to give him that space to go through that and support him in whatever way the employee is going through that personal issue right so that is how things have changed and that is why well being is becoming very important and in startups when you have small teams it is uh, sometimes you overlook it because you are so engrossed in getting that product out and having that so many customers and all that and you sometimes these are okay this could be nice to have but then I don't have must have but now it is becoming important especially because the attrition you see this great resignation happening and everybody is going to small companies startups to the big organizations are suffering and this is one of the things which can hold your employees together and you can grow together as an organization
0: so, uh, Jayashi, this is you know this is great. You've spoken about well-being and you know how founders should be thinking about uh, employee experience. Uh, we spoke about some of the you know perks and benefits uh, earlier. Uh, you know we just uh, spoke it about it very briefly. I want to want you to you know spend uh, some more time on that. What is the role of incentives and perks? How important is it? Is it just the hygiene factor? Uh, you know how much should founders be uh, you know giving importance to things like swag at the time of joining and you know the all the other benefits that that we've talked about is it important if it is how important should they be
1: so the incentives are important right incentives are important because When you do, uh, when you get something done, when you finish a job or a milestone done, there has to be a tangible acknowledgement. And only an incentive is a tangible acknowledgement. And this incentives, what I've seen is, it doesn't always have to translate into something big. I know now startups are going the other way. I mean, it's like they're giving grand bonuses when they sign in or cars or whatever, when they sign in. But that is to attract the employees but what is going to keep them working for you right so then you need to have some kind of incentives yes the perks when you have a pool table or whatever it just creates some breakout times for them and then they will come and enjoy it but at the end of the day when they get something done when they work when they finish something or when they have achieved something they expect a tangible acknowledgement and that tangible acknowledgement It can be in terms of incentives, like, you know, coupons or like, you know, some uh, like coupons either to restaurants or to buy things or whatever. It It could be that. Or what I've also seen companies very successfully use is it not necessarily will have to have some monetary value also. It can also be non-monetary. It could be like comp off or take a day with your family or things like that or having a dinner with the leadership team. Or in US, like a prime parking spot also works, right? So like that, non-monetary also works. But what is important is you have to have certain small incentives which happen when there is a tangible uh, outcome or acknowledgement needs to be given. Because you don't want them to wait for a year to find out what all they did well, right? In the traditional performance management, that's what is happening. But when you have these small incentives to acknowledge their work which they have completed, it keeps them motivated, and they try to do more. So incentives are very important. But the perks, as I said, it's again, it depends. Some of them says, just because you have what the companies are, just because you put in a new pool table or something, your employee engagement score doesn't go up. Not everybody is going to go and play at the pool table also. right? But then you can have certain hygiene factors. It depends on the demographics. Again, what I uh, advise the companies also like when you are deciding on what is like the rewards program you want to. It depends on the demographics of the employees. When they are really young, what is it that you? And if it is multi generational workforce, then what works, right? So now we are coming into where it is also about personalized experiences and all that. So you need to look at. What your organization demographics and think of what will make them small incentives will work to keep them going and motivated so they know it is real time, it is immediate, which is happening rather than waiting for a long time to see what's going to happen.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. That, that that was good, and it brings us to the next uh, question. I wanted you to talk a bit about uh, appraise your company. And what inspired
1: you to start a brace? To start okay, uh, so what inspired me to start a brace was I was in Microsoft before I started a brace. So I think the first year Satya Nadella became the CEO. Uh, he started instead of the company meeting, he started doing the worldwide hackathon to have the. And I was leading the whole pan India hackathon. And at that time, it struck me like it's time for me to go do start something on my own rather than, you know, I've been in G, then Microsoft, been in all leadership roles. I said, it's time for me to go do something on my own. And during that process, I interacted with a lot of millennials in the organization. And, um, and then I also had done a lot of vertical roles across the organization income and when you work across vertical you will see that recognition is not your manager doesn't know what you do all that time the recognition has to come from different uh, stakeholders and all that and having worked with millennials also I found that they also need on the spot recognition because when you look at the millennials and uh, the Gen Z's right they grow up in what we call as the Uh, as a star generation, like they get a star for participation in school, right? And when you come to the workplace, the expectation is also to get that validation as they are working, right? To have something which tells them that they are doing good. Because when, when we are growing up, when I was growing up, it used to be you have to be the top three to get this recognition, but not anymore. Everybody gets a star when they are in the school. So when you need to look at that, that is when it triggered something that there is a gap in the space. And uh, with especially the younger generation growing with the social media, like is a recognition. When you post something and you get a like, it is a recognition, right? So that type of a thing, which needs to be there in the workplace. And that is why I started appraise. And appraise is started as just as a social recognition platform, especially because when you get recognized at the workplace, when the normal was to get an email from your manager saying you have done job or at the best you will get a certificate, right? So that used to be the case. And then, but now we are in the uh, world where we want to share everything with our friends and professional network. So sharing on the Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and all becomes very important. And so that is why uh, I built this whole thing called social recognition. And um, appraise is, uh, it has evolved into complete employee engagement platform now, uh, but underlying theme is social recognition is the underlying theme. And one of the key things which we do, especially when employees face customers, partners, and suppliers and to get external recognition is not easy in the current uh, situation, right? You'll send a survey, it takes time, it doesn't come easily. Uh, if you're a bad employee, you will get immediate feedback, but then if then, you don't. So that is one of the key things which we did in appraise was also to get from external stakeholders also to make it easy to get recognized on the, it could be on the social media, which is easy and you can fill it in or you do it a separate URL as well. So the external recognition, the reason I'm talking about external recognition is also internal recognition. There is a way you do it and then it gets published. We can share it with uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and you can also pull in. So it becomes a 360 recognition, right? And once you have a 360 recognition, some companies used to spend time on doing a 360 survey, right, now you have something which is real time immediate with whomever you're working you can get the recognition you need for the job you have done and that kind of helps you keep going get you motivated and when you tie it up with the rewards then it kind of like you know you see small incentives come in you get motivated to do more and also to convert those recognitions you get because what appraise does is it is not saying good job Because if you just say good job, it doesn't mean much to the person who receives it. But if you say, hey, good job on demonstrating project management skill or risk management skill, then they know what you are recognizing them for. And also you can translate it into your strength. So you know you did well. So it is also play on your strengths, right? So how do you play on your strengths? So that is how you get to know your strengths. And appraise does that. And then with also you can add in like what context and what outcome. Then it gives a meaningful recognition to the person who receives it. And for the company itself, it creates a lot of analytics. So you can know who's demonstrated what value or a competency or a skill very well. And for talent identification or talent uh, promotability, you can look at those dashboards and exactly see what you have and find the right person so that is the fundamental theme on which appraise is built and uh, so appraise as i said it's like my thing is everybody wants to do their best in the workplace and as a company it is our uh, thing to give them that positive environment to work on and then they will do their best so that's The appraise is built on what I call as the social recognition because for me, that is where it lays the foundation to even your performance. And we actually tie this recognition to the performance. The Ours is the only platform I can say which also does feed forward rather than feedback. So, feed forward is what you want the person to work on rather than looking back and saying this did not work well. So then the 360 feed forward and the 360 appraise. I call recognition as appraise only. <laughs> so they uh, go together and makes your performance management to be continuous. It is also more objective, and it is based on what others are saying, right? Rather, and you get a collective like a 360 view of the person's. Uh, record, uh, strengths or values or competencies they have demonstrated well so it makes it objective
0: yes yes this is this is really great Uh, and i'm speaking from our own experience because when we go and work with companies on their culture and values uh, one thing that we talk to them about is build your internal mythology Right. Uh, how do I live in this country or in this culture? Is what is no what has been passed on through all our mythological stories, right? And every religion has their own you know holy book and uh, set of stories, and that's what sort of tells people how to live, what is the right way to behave, and, and all of that. So we keep asking, what is you know your mythology of of you know your company? And there are stories inside. Uh, you know people will share them anecdotally. So there are great stories. But then they say, oh, we've never captured them. You say, you know, you have already actually done this, right? Because you have given some spot award or or things like that. Now we just want to, you know, concretize that story, make it, you know, more tangible and actually, you know, make that part of the consciousness for everyone. Uh, Some companies do, do a great job of that. So I can see that, you know, if with a system like this, we can immediately say that, okay, if you are valuing these kind of behaviors, go talk to these four people who have actually displayed this kind of behavior take that anecdote and then circulate it through your you know internal slack channels use it as part of your hiring and all of that so yeah i, I can see great value in you know uh, what you're capturing as a base information for uh, you know people to sort of propagate the culture and values that they're talking about
1: right see if anyone when i let them share the things to the facebook twitter linkedin Some companies will come back and say, oh, I don't want employees to share the recognition they get there. But you're spending time on building your company's presence on the social media. Right away, if you share, let the employee share that this value is being valued in this company, then you don't have to do that. You can attract your future employees through that. They know exactly what value is being recognized in the company and they would come. And, you know, this is a great way of also looking at how employees are demonstrating the values of the company, because that is the fundamental thing, values and the competencies of, like how are they demonstrating throughout, right? And that, because sometimes when companies do this, oh, value celebration week or value week, right? When they roll out the values, they do that. After that, what happens? Is every employee leaving that? Or even the leaders. This actually right. tells if I see my CEO demonstrating some value, I can go recognize that. Yeah. And that means it shows that leader is walking the talk.
0: Right. So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we also read, um, you know, when we were reading about Eprez, that there is you know, something called as pulse where you sort of you know figure out whether people are happy or sad. Uh, we spoke about the recognition. But now that you have this information, how what do you think or what do you advise managers to do about this information that yeah, I found out that you know one of my team members is stressed or anxious. What are some of the things actionable things that you know a leader can do at every level?
1: So well, the employee pulse what you read is uh, what we do is it's at the manager level. I don't capture it at an individual level okay. right. So these pulse surveys are based on actually it's based on the six questions of Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, where he says employee engagement has to come from the employee. What well, the company can do, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, employee has to get engaged. And so this basically, did I do my best to do today, right? Or did I do I have clear goals? Am I happy? or do I, did I build a positive relationship at the workplace? So it kind of tells whether I am happy or not. So what we do with the pulse surveys, we show the trend of the, at the manager level, we show a smiley or a frowny, how your team is doing. So, and also at each question, you can actually drill to each question and see whether you're red, yellow, green. So it is, um, and you can also see, the trend, how you have done, whether some suddenly where you see it go down or what is causing it. But what we want the managers to do at that time when they see that the pulse is really bad, right? What is it that then they'll have to drill it and basically it will give you the questions which you can drill it. And now, especially what I see is if them, you see them anxious or sad, you said, right? And it could be because of different different reasons especially now with the current situation where we are in especially people have gone through grief and everything in their family and all that you will find due to different reasons so what we also advise is um, since the well-being as you said we are also transitioning into the well-being space and what we advise is there is something called for the managers, we need to train them first, or it may not be always the managers. It could be ambassadors in your team or whatever you call them. And they should be able to at least pick on, identify certain signs. If there is employee who's really sad, why is the employee? And they could be the go-to person for the employee to go figure out, to talk to, right? Or find out what is causing. And of course, after that, You need to have a proper well-being coach talk to the person or you know what needs it but at least you should have certain ambassadors or champions or you should call them as what you to find out or the team feels as a go-to person to go talk to them if there is anything bothering them so they need to figure out what is causing and then take the corrective action so and these The pulse survey need not be done only at a particular time, right? These are ongoing surveys. So you can actually ask two questions a day or three questions a day. You can do daily, weekly, monthly. You can configure it the way you want. So it kind of gives you a snapshot at that time. Or if you're doing it weekly, you know how the trend is also going every week and how employees are. So then you can make immediate corrective action and see what can be done to make them be it, it is something bothering them right and that is why you see we also have what we call as a coaching module also inbuilt where especially during the pandemic we introduced that because anxiety can be because of different reasons and so when people want to talk to somebody with the human intervention then you can have them talk to because Many times what we have seen is companies will give you a EAP number, which is you can call a counselor and talk to if you want. But not everything needs to be discussed with a counselor. If it is my team plays dynamics, which is causing me the anxious, the anxiety in me, talking to a counselor will not help. Or it's a whole mental stigma, the taboo, social stigma, everything is there to talking to a counselor. So people don't use it. But if you have coaches within your organization or you have a tie up with external coaches or part of employee engagement solutions or which we give the coaching solution both um, human intervention as well as some feeds then it helps and now we are talking a lot about mindfulness right and how can that help how can that help this person to become from sad to a positive person so you need to look at it and this has to be Continuous, so that is why I don't do. That is why it's called pulse, rather than the earlier we used to do this long employee engagement surveys, and then you analyze it for three months, and then you bring up action <laughs> items, and then <laughs> by
0: the time those people have left,
1: <laughs> left exactly. So that's what this pulse is for. So you need to do those corrective actions immediately.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 So you know this is great. Uh, you know, with founders. Uh, i'm sure many people who are listening to this will uh, resonate with this will understand this is you know great this is something that they have to start in their organization how do they get started right uh, is there a right time for you know a kind of a solution tool uh, where at you know at what kind of team size what kind of you know challenges would they be facing when they should do what if, if you can
1: talk to, me, if, talk to me through that if the team size is less than 10 you're mm-hmm. probably going to know each other better but i've had i think in my early days of startup i had actually a two-member organization started using my appraise and they used it well with the depth, they would uh, talk about it and all that but no but with, if just grows beyond 10 and especially if you're growing faster and i think at any time, recognition is very important for employee to continuously work. And especially when you have this in the startups, it is, we all know it is a stressful world at least, right? The first because we need to get the MVP out. Once we get the then the customers, how do we get the customers and all that? So the employees are constantly working. And so if you put some things in place for their well-being. Any team beyond 10, I would say 10, 15 is like, you know, have something in place so that you are setting the culture also within the company, because many times as you grow, then you're just hiring technical talent and all that, but you forget how to build a culture, right? So it is good to set the culture. So have that recognition culture and then also the well-being, look after the employees' well-being and look at it holistically how, you know, because as they come, if you're hiring fresh hires, right, then how do they, they also need to know about the financials and all that. And so things like that really help them. And so anything, any size after about 10, 15, maybe you can manage, you can have that personal touch. But after that, it, you will lose sight of who's there in the organization. So start doing any time up, I would say, more than 15 have some kind of a program to have that recognition and the uh, well-being there and also look at experience because what happens is especially in the startup world after two years people will start looking for another job like a freshers coming into the organization you groom them two years they are looking for something else so then how do you retain them so then they should feel right from day one that experience and engagement with the company needs to be there. So they are committed with you with the shared purpose of where we are going as a startup. So we want to hold them. Not by, even though you may give big things, As that age, the monetary thing is very important too. They will jump easily from one company to another. But also when you, the way you treat them, the way you're working with them throughout the two years will also hold them back. It's not that they find another company giving them 20,000, 25,000 more to jump to the other company. But there could be some experiences where they feel really part of the family that can hold them back. So your attrition can be less.
0: So uh, you know, coming to the uh, last few questions, uh, you know, last section of our uh, conversation here, Rajeshri. Over the years, right? I mean, you've worked with very large, you know, companies, and now you're running your own startup, and you know, you're working with a lot of uh, startups. So across this whole gamut or spectrum if you if i would say what are the top three insights about workplace that you know because of your vantage you know point in observing you know these kind of uh, organizations what would they be basically what are the three things about workplace that you know which others don't what i
1: know no <laughs> see if it is a people organization right then um, so that is where a People will really, and when I say it's a people organization, people are valued and people are given the what they're working for and then taken care of, then people will stay with the company. Their attrition is low when compared with the other companies. Culture, leadership. Leadership and culture is the backbone, I would say, for any organization, for See even when you when I see companies which try to roll out these uh, appraise or uh, any other tool, if the leadership sets the tone and sets that culture of that, then it is really done well. You can see people engaging with the tool and using it. So, so in everything, I think culture and leadership, leadership is important and leadership is with health. Having good values, right? That again is very, it's a key thing, right? Otherwise, there is that whole thing when after a few years it falls apart. But then, so leadership and then values and the value system of the company is really something. With that. And workplace insights is if you have the right uh, recognition or the reward system in place. Also look at people. And that's why I said people organization and they value the people is important. Then you have people staying back with you then rather than leaving. So that is where I find um, uh, that workplaces make a difference is the way they treat their employees. And employees have to be treated much far better than their customers. I think if you treat employees better than your customers, you employees will treat your customers better. Right,
0: that's yeah. I think I think those are very uh, key insights and also quite actionable in my opinion because you can actually take those and you know, start applying them in your organization as a founder. So uh, you know what are some of the books, people, podcasts that have shaped your thinking over the years, and you know what would you recommend to our listeners? I
1: think I am great fan of Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of my positive thinking comes really from uh him and so what got you here yeah. then uh, yeah that's the book which i like and the other thing which i really uh started after i started doing my appraise uh, when i started the appraise is when somebody uh suggested to me is the principles by ray dalio okay. Yeah. And that's a great book, right? And it just tells you the principles with which you need to have your organization. And uh, so that's another book which I said. And in terms of podcasts, I listen mostly to A16B, like any founder does, I guess. <laughs> so that's uh, two things. And in terms of the people, there have been some leaders whom I look to the managers who have framed my thought process in over the years. And uh, and then the po- whole positivity actually, I would say comes from my high school Tamil teacher who really motivated me to do well in tenth, right? And that is where that thing, when you motivate someone, they really do better. So, uh, and she always used to say, I don't know if you know Tamil because it's like, so that means whatever you think, think high, so you would achieve there, right? So right. that's kind of what inspired me throughout and which keeps me going to still now. Yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's fantastic. So uh, we've come to the end of this conversation, but we won't let you go without, you know asking for your hot takes on certain things this is a section that we ask all our uh, guests basically where we are asking them what is their hot take on the future relevance of whatever we're going to ask right what do you think is the future relevance of this so the first one is what do you think is the future relevance of remote first organizations that style of working
1: that is going to be the future, I would say it's the remote first, right? So anything you do, we will have to see how it is going to work remote and remote, that is where the future is. And even though now companies are saying people are going to come back, but it's still you need to, you have to figure out that's the way companies are going to work remote first. Okay. How it was mobile first right. in a few years back, now it is remote first. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: okay what do you think is the future relevance of gig economy um, you know, people working as consultants at all levels we're not talking just about people like you know uber drivers or things like that but even at, say, project managerial future relevance
1: it is yeah. gig economy is the future again at the, because people are going to have multiple jobs and as you see the younger generation with the gen z's where they come also they have multiple interests and they want to they don't want to be tied with uh, i mean even in our generation people had multiple interests but we all got tied up with one or two organizations and now with the gig economy it gives them that option to do freelancing and work on multiple interests which they have and it is a future and every company has to look for how they can have the gig economy workers part of their system as they are planning for hybrid as well as remote now you have your full time and gig workers so then how do you have your manage the organizations better with those people composition is also something which people have to look for Okay, yeah. okay.
0: And, and the last one what do you think is the future relevance of people managers
1: people managers is really going it is it is required and i know even though we i would say more than a managers i think people leaders i should call them as uh they will be relevant and that is where we need to make sure it is people leaders are not becoming people leaders because they are technical experts they will become leaders because you have people coming to them for certain things and they are good at certain soft skills and you know where they are the coaches the people leaders will have to become the coaches and uh, that is where i see the future is people leaders becoming coaches and uh, even though i know there are companies which are experimenting with right there is no manager there is no uh, team, there is no performance uh, management, nothing. But then the team is working together. But there will be, that is where I would say people leaders transitioning as people coaches, because there also you will need somebody to coach somebody or whatever. So then the coaching becomes a really a good skill for them to have. So they will transition more becoming getting the flock together kind of leaders will what they will be more than the title i would say okay
0: on that note uh, jashi i think we we covered a whole range of uh, you know topics today in this conversation we spoke about you know what are the indicators of a happy healthy workforce and workplace what should managers be looking at we also spoke about you know what inspired you to start appraise we spoke about your insights you know gained over the years i think this is going to be a great uh you know conversation that uh, listeners like not just founders of small startups but even i think you know uh, leaders of the larger gic kind of uh you know sites also can you know pick something from these um, you know, things that you've spoken about and apply them uh, in, in, at, at their uh, workplace. So, this was, this was really a great conversation that we had, Jashri.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed the conversations with you, Harish. It was really great questions to talk to and kind of, you know, look at how things are going in the future as well.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I enjoyed my time with you.
0: If you like this, we know you care about your and your team's future results. You can find us and now click on the subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Apple podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. There are two ways to enter the insider group of friends of CTQ a telegram channel where you'll get daily tidbits that help you think about future relevance, and our weekly email newsletter called The Upleveler. we got some fabulous testimonials from our subscribers. We share special discount codes for CTQ compounds and exclusive invitations to our events on both these channels. Just go to choose to think.com, that is, think with a Q, and you'll find all the links to subscribe. You owe it to yourself.